Hello, I am the podcast announcing utility liaison. You may call me Paul. This week's film, and the episode in which it is discussed, features graphic depictions of violence toward minors that may be unsuitable for some members of our audience. Listener discretion is advised. And now, on with the show. Yeah, 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 come and take a look at the snow. Right, right, as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate, then make that mistake. Happy Christmas. Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now just 140 shopping days left until Christmas, and I do believe you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday nonsense all year round. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I am joined this week by my two esteemed co-hosts, Johnny Five, the human robot. What the fuck is up, you cunts? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it loses something without the accent. It really does. It, it really does. Yeah, it sounds it sounds rude now. Yeah, just normal ass Americans can't do that. Uh, and uh, Mr. Bradford is here as well. Brad, I was going to come up with a joke, but I couldn't in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that will have to suffice as a joke. Hi, everybody. We all need improv classes. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Christmas. Yes, and no, but. <laughs> uh. Uh, welcome to August, everybody. This is uh, prime vacation time. We're we're hitting the road like Sam and Max this week. Uh, going to uh, East... Not, it's not Eastern European. It's just regular old European. Go to a little European country called Belgium for a little, little film called In Bruges uh, from 2008. Martin McDonough's first uh, directorial feature. And uh, this is a delightful romp across, uh, across oh, medieval yeah. Europe. Real delightful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he he says as he stares into his alcohol longingly, desperately. So they drink a lot of alcohol in this Across movie. Across about a four block area of Bruges. There were about a, a hundred goblets of beer drinking and that dirt <laughs> consumed during this movie. And I feel like we needed half of that to make it through the film because let me tell y'all, folks, um, it's going to get real tonight because this is a depressing little movie. If you're looking for an uplifting Christmas movie, you have not come to the right place. Nor have you come to the right podcast. Yeah, that's true. We have we are dedicated to talking about all the the holiday cinema that uh, is is not joyous and joyful and full of mirth and spirit. We are talking about the real the realness, the darkness, the the sticky underbelly of the holiday experience tonight. Because yeah. <laughs> This this movie is neither joyful nor triumphant. And if you're interested in discount prices on linoleum flooring, hit me up after the podcast, everyone. <laughs> it, is, it is neither joyful nor noise. To yeah. Discuss. <laughs> uh, uh, um, we're going to soldier right. on anyway and try and, and keep things light because otherwise it, we're going to, you know, do something terrible to ourselves. Uh, in Bruges, everybody. <laughs> Fun fact. Do you know that most little people off themselves? No. The suicide rate oh for, for dwarves is higher. Fun fact from the movie. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Yeah. Um, fun f- fun fact from a movie about making fun of little people. Yeah. Yeah, good God. What was this? 2008. That was 10 years ago. You know, uh, we brought up one of our other older episodes on a, a recent podcast, uh, the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang episode, and I kept thinking about that while we were watching this film because... In a lot of ways, this this film reminded me of that one. Um, is kiss, kiss, oh yeah, it gets it gets pretty bad. They break out the they break out derogatory terms for little people pretty often, and there, they break out th- uh, three letter f bombs and a lot. Of, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Also, um, they they they, go, they refer to mentally handicapped people in it, and it yeah, it's a it's a romp, y'all. This is one of those films, I think, that if, if this film were a person, it would pride itself as an equal opportunity offender, um, which is it's not the a Ricky Gervais. It's the Ricky Gervais of films, basically. It kind of is, yeah. Because... Which is appropriate, because it's very British. Well, it's Irish, but also uh, yeah. British. Yeah. So, 
as far as as far as the plot goes, I mean, we can probably get through this pretty quick because there's really not a whole lot of. It's plot a lot plot. of philosophy and people two 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 hired killers sitting around talking about forgiveness and death and purgatory and yeah. And where any of them wind up at the end of the film. Um, do we want to talk spoilers, or is this one that we're going to just say, like, uh, save? Yeah, we basically, <laughs> half the podcast is us just doing a plot synopsis of every movie we watch. Like, how are we not talking spoilers? Like, have you listened to this podcast before? All right, so basically, if you have any interest in seeing In Bruges, uh, it's on Netflix. Go watch it, and then uh, we'll reconvene shortly. Wait, no, here you go. Here's here's the plot of In Bruges right here. Here's the plot of In Bruges. Hold on. I got the plot of In Bruges for you. Come on. Here guys. you go. Are you just looking it up on IMDb? <laughs> I shot a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, pretty much. You you did it. You got it in four words. Like you know. You what? know what? I'm gonna go back to the five minute. <laughs> I love how the related videos on here include Rob May. Oh dear! Hey, um, Ernest Hemingway, somebody beat you by two words. This is the saddest short story ever. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna try and do. We're gonna do the five minute plot synopsis challenge. So yeah, we I'm used gonna to do this. this. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna do l- this. Let me let me set my alarm. Yes, and we're gonna do this. All right. Yeah, because there's there's not really much to pick apart in terms of like bad plot in this movie because. The plot just serves as a bridge between conversations and set pieces. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me know when you're ready. Okay. And go. All right. So we have Ken and Ray, who are two trained killers, hired killers, who have to lay low in Bruges after botching a job. So I'm not going to go in the order as pre- presented in this film. Ray, who comes across as a bit of a pessimist at the beginning of the film, who hates Bruges, on his first job to murder a priest, ends up also killing a kid during friendly fire. And for that reason, they have to lay low in a small city called Bruges in Belgium. It's a lovely city. It's very medieval. Ken, however, is a bit of comes across as the optimist and tourist who loves history and ends up going around Bruges looking at all the old medieval stuff. They have a lot of conversations about philosophy and life. Uh, Ray ends up meeting a woman named Chloe, who is a drug dealer who also does robberies on the side. He ends up meeting up with her, kind of hooking up with her, not necessarily falling in love, but they get attached to one another. He also blinds his white, or Chloe's white supremacist ex-boyfriend who is in on the, the robbery jobs. Ken is... Uh, told by Harry, who is the sort of lead of these two men, that he needs to kill Ray because Ray killed a kid and Harry considers himself to be a man of principle. Ken can't go through with the job. Ray is already thinking about killing himself because he killed the kid. Ken ends up preventing Ray from committing suicide using a gun that he found at Chloe's apartment uh, and sends him off on a train. However, Ray is returned to Bruges after being identified policeman by a policeman after he punched out a Canadian guy for kind of telling him off in a restaurant that he was on a date with Chloe. Uh, Harry ends up coming to Bruges to try or to off both Ken and Ray after he hears that Ken let Ray go. Um, there's also Jimmy, who is a little person who is not really that germane to the plot they do coke with him and they talk about race wars and jimmy's a racist little person who likes prostitutes that's about all you need to know there until the end of the film uh harry ends up shooting ken on the bell tower ken ends up throwing himself off of the bell tower to in an attempt to save ray ray grabs the gun goes back to the hotel where the proprietress of the hotel who is pregnant named mary mary with a baby christmas uh ends up Basically sitting in the hotel and preventing them from having a shootout in the hotel. Ray throws himself... Was that the timer? No. Okay, Ray throws himself out into the canal onto a boat where he's shot by Ken. Or not not by Ken. He's shot by Harry. Uh, Ray leads Harry on a chase to a movie set where Jimmy is filming his movie. Uh, Harry ends up shooting Ray some more where he also ends up shooting Jimmy, who he thinks is a child... 
Harry ends up committing suicide because he said that if he ever killed a kid like Ray did, he would end up committing suicide. So the body count right now is Ken and Ray are dead, Jimmy the little person is dead, and Harry is in a state of unknown deadness. Uh, and that can... Uh, two names, but yeah. Ray's, we think, we don't know where, what, what, uh, no, what names did I mix up? You said Ken and Ray are dead. Ken and, Ken Sorry, and Harry Ken, are dead. Yeah, Ken, Ken, Harry, and Jimmy are dead. Ray, it ends the movie, we don't know whether or not Ray is dead as he's being carted off into an ambulance. He says he hopes he lives. It ends the movie, and there you have it, folks. What a movie. Did I, did I get most of it? How did, how fast did I get it? You got it with a minute and 15 to spare. Hell yeah. Yeah, and you didn't really miss anything in Jermaine. Like so, little, little like, details along yeah. the way that kind of that kind of pepper the story with flavor I mean, and whatnot. This, but this you, movie that's, is that's, little details. Those are the broad strokes. I'll just say in the original script as a note that um, Ray does survive because it's viewed that him trying to stop Ray from killing or stop Harry from killing himself out of the case of mistaken identity was viewed as basically his redemption because oh. he, he could have easily he could have easily just let Ray, let Harry off himself. And just be like, oh, my problem solved itself. Right, yeah. The 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 screenplay actually spells it out in a, in a later scene that oh, happens. Where he like wakes up in the hospital and Chloe's there or something? Something, yeah, something like <sighs> that, yeah. I don't know whether I would prefer that or the... I don't know. I don't... Well, it's, it's, it's one of those movies where like you're given a really shitty person as your main character. Yeah. And so you end up rooting for them because they're the main character, not because they've actually done anything like... So... Do you guys prefer ambi- do you guys like ambiguous movie endings like this or do you feel like they're cop outs? Uh, well, Inception within... is a very good example. Other ones there are there are many notable examples, but well, well yeah. I I thought Inception was pretty clear on the ending though. No. Nah. That was like the big thing. No, no, I, I thought it was very clear. Like if you if you didn't if you thought it was ambiguous, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> well, I guess I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> It's, uh, it's been a while since I've seen Inception, but the the top spins and then wobbles and then at the it, end, like, right? Falters a little bit and then keeps spinning, but we don't know. Yeah. Wait, or it, the, it, what you take away from that is that it's, it's not a dream because the top is working. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So there's also some other shit where like. In any of the dream sequences, he's still wearing a wedding ring, and in the real world, he's not, and in the last scene, he's oh, not. okay. Well, that's a bit better. But I haven't seen Inception since, like, it came out, so... Yeah, I haven't seen it since its release, either. So, Ray is basically if Joey Tribbiani from Friends was an Irish hitman. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I took from this, essentially. <laughs> to answer your question, though, I would say that I do think ambiguous questions are... Ambiguous endings are cop-outs. Yes. Because, to me, that says that you couldn't think of which you couldn't think of an interesting way to end it so you're just kind of like ooh who knows or yeah or the 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 people that are running the movie don't have enough conviction to commit to an ending and or, just basically like, or it's basically like if you're trying to choose a restaurant and you say to the other person nah you decide like taxi driver's last scene was great if taxi driver did not have the last scene it would have it wouldn't have it would have lost something it's a film going like well audience what do you think which, you know, th- that's not really the question the film poses up to that point, so it's kind of bullshit. Like, it's, it, uh, In Bruges is not asking me what it, whether or not I care if, if Ray lives or dies. I kind of don't, honestly. In Bruges has a problem that a lot of movies like this do, where they try to balance, like, action and comedy, where they end up just front-loading all of the comedy, and then just suddenly there's just a bunch of fucking bloodshed in about ten minutes. Let me tell you, though, how much of a slog this would have been if there was no comedy whatsoever. This would have been the fucking most depressing, terrible movie ever. (laughs) Well, it's it's an action comedy, or comedy or dramedy, or whatever you want to call it. But the thing is, it it does it falls in that trap so many do, where they just upload front-load the comedy, and then there's just, here's a shitload of violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever seen uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon? No, no. no. It starts out as a movie that's basically someone making a documentary about a, like, Jason Voorhees-esque serial killer. Okay. And then about halfway through, it just kind of morphs into the movie it's parodying. It just morphs into a slasher movie. Oh. 
Okay. And it kind of it kind of ruins something where it's like it kind of starts out all tongue in cheek and goofy, and then it's just like, oh no, here's some cool kills now. <laughs> here's some cool kills. Is that the technical term in the horror horror movie community? Cool kills. Yeah. <laughs> I Love think, it. I, I think the technical term is sweet kills, but yeah, it's pretty close. Um, so I'm looking at the poster for this movie right now, and you can tell that they're selling. They're trying to sell this as a comedy first. Because yeah. on the on the poster you've got your, your your Colin Farrell. In one hand he's got a gun, in the other hand he's got a cone of ice cream. And when did they ever eat ice cream in this film? They didn't. What? Nobody did. <laughs> it's, Want anything it's not even from like the shop? In fucking Venice or something where it's like you know oh they're eating gelato that makes sense right yeah like Bruges as far as I know Bruges is not known for its fucking ice cream. Shouldn't he be holding like a Stroop waffle, if anything? That's Dutch, but <laughs> he should be holding like a gram uh, okay, of coke fine. or something, Sorry. you know, or at least a pint of whatever. Yeah, uh, that's true. They do drink a lot of beer in this. They do movie. drink a lot, and for whatever reason, there is a swan on the poster as well, which makes me think they're trying to horn in on the hot fuzz action. Um, Bruges is like Bruges historically is like big on swans. Okay, but okay. but between the ice cream and the swan, when was hot was hot fuzz pre in Bruges? Yes, like by by like one year. Definitely gonna try to horn in on that. Is it like a cornetto or is it like a real ice cream? No, it's like a, a waffle cone of like pink ice cream with like a chocolate stick hanging off off the top. Like it's very like That's I got so very weird. carnival ice cream kind of. I would love to be in that meeting with like the graphic designer. Or they're like, yeah, this isn't this isn't funny enough. What are we gonna, What are we gonna do? Uh, yeah, I'm, let me put it in the chat here so y'all can like, see it. At least like a tourist map would have been more thematically appropriate, where they're like supposed to be. Their cover is they're supposed to be like touring Bruges or whatever. Right. But well, they they get a little bit of that in there because like behind Colin Farrell is is Brendan Gleeson, and behind Brendan Gleeson is a rack of postcards. Okay, <laughs> but still, they're trying so hard to build this as a comedy. And to be to be fair, there are jokes in this film, but I do not refer to this as a comedy. I wouldn't call this a comedy either. Yeah, I'm looking at the the Korean poster of it now, and yeah, the main picture of it is Colin Farrell holding a gun and a beer. Okay. That's much better. Wow. Good job, Korea. Yes, this movie has its funny moments, but overall, I did not come away... It did not have a comedy feeling at the end, let me tell you. No, it did not. Um, But (laughs) at the same time... This is one of those films that I I feel like popped up in the wake of, like, Quentin Tarantino, where everyone... Everyone realized, like, I can... I can write a crime movie with a lot of silly dialogue and references to popular culture things. Sure, why not? But then this guy decided, to instead of popular culture, I'm going to talk about Hieronymus Hieronymus Bosch, because that's what the kids want to know about. (laughs) And if I'm being fair, I could have done with, like, 20% more Bosch talk in this film. Here's something that's probably kind of telling about this movie. I just searched Google for In Bruges poster. And there are more than a few pictures that it brought up on image search. First off, the Pulp Fiction posters on here. Of course. Okay. Of course. More cool. than a few Pope pictures, which are apparently screenshots of YouTube pages. That's the In Bruges poster with a fat white beardo sitting next to it. Wow. Because it's this, it's the, it's the. Uh, oh, it's some guy's YouTube review. The thumbnail or of the fat white beardo's review of it. Oh, oh, is he wearing a fedora? Um, let's see. No fedora. No fedora. Uh, what else we got? No, I did not see any today. Hey guys, welcome to my review for In Bruges. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Mash that like button. Every $3 donation on Patreon gets a free fedora from my personal collection. Hey YouTube, what's up? <laughs> We're gonna get angry comments from YouTubers. My god, though. Fuck them. <laughs> How bad. Is it that hard to come up with, like, an original greeting? Other than hey guys, well, greetings holiday shoppers is trademarked and nobody else can use it but us. Correct, and we are technically on YouTube now, I guess. Yup. So we're technically YouTube guys. Hey, if you're listening on this to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. You can't see it, but I'm pointing down, which is where you should put a comment on this episode. <laughs> Can you edit the video that's sitting on YouTube just to have a little arrow pointing down to the, like, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, maybe. Um, so, uh. first of all, we're 20 minutes into talking about this episode, this movie, and you may be wondering why we're talking about it. 
This does actually take place at Christmas. It does. Does it need to? No. It only does to kind of, what's the way to put it, kind of as a crutch for the religious themes that they're kind of, sort yeah, of, maybe I, I a guess. little bit half-assedly going after the movie. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, wasn't there one plot element that was like, oh, it's they had to share a room because all of the hotels are booked up because it's Christmas. Right, right. Yeah, but they could have easily just been like, ah, oh, all the all the hotels are booked. It's PAX. Yeah, it's PAX or it's tourist high season. Yeah, or whatever. Or it, like you know, it could be Oktoberfest. It could have been, you know, no, it couldn't because it's Belgium, not Germany. Yeah, it's Belgium. They don't have a. Wait, it's, fucking, it's fucking carnival. The, there we go. Wait, okay. The only yeah. other mention is that the park that uh, Ken is supposed to kill Ray in is not crowded because it's Christmas. Right, and I think uh, at the at the end, the final scene where. Uh, Ray and Harry have their kind of standoff. Uh, there's there's Christmas decorations. There's Christmas trees and whatnot. By the way, when Yuri, the the arms dealer is, or whatever, is talking to to Ken about the park, was anybody else imagining like this vast like historical ruin? And then the scene comes up, and there's like a playground with children. Well, yeah, because they're talking about like alcoves and nooks alcoves. and crannies, and it's like, wow, yeah. this is going to be like a, a fancy medieval like. Uh, manor that's overgrown or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's and gonna he's nope, gonna kill a, he's gonna kill a park Ray in the middle of the town. He's gonna kill Ray in fucking Versailles or something. But no, it's, yeah, exactly. No, it's just like the playground at the you know the Twelfth Street Park. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, the other thing, the other wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing is that the the proprietress of the inn, as I mentioned, the plot synopsis is named Marie Mary. Who is pregnant with a baby? Which I did not. Uh-huh. I did not pick up on. So I'm glad someone did. Well, that and all of the fucking shit about Bosch that the movie has going what, on. Now? Oh yeah, like her, like the the Bosch paintings and, oh. and the history lesson gotcha. that, that uh, Brendan Gleeson gives is very mm. yeah. And at the end, at the at the final movie scene where Jimmy was a schoolboy, all basically all of the other actors were dressed like people from a fucking from that Bosch triptych. So, I think if if you yeah. can give this film any credit at all, like it does kind of take its art direction like pretty seriously, and I think it it nails it, nice it, shots. it 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 definitely nails sort of the uh, the artistic side of what it's trying to do uh, narratively and and comedically. Uh, we can talk about that. Talk about that later. <laughs> there are there are some very pretty shots of some very pretty architecture in this movie. Yes, and I think I I fall more on the Ken side. I would be excited to be in Bruges and let, looking at all the old buildings. Let's talk about that for a minute because I feel like that's that may be the best uh, I guess aspect of the film to talk about as far as uh, as far as we're concerned because like you know lots of people travel around the holidays and they some people go on vacation to different. Brad, you've been overseas. You've been to Europe. Tell us about Bruges. I have not been to Bruges. <laughs> I have not even been to Belgium, my friend. Uh, John's been to Europe. John, you've been yeah. to Bruges. Tell yeah. us about it. Uh, I've been to Belgium, not to Bruges, though. Bruges is a place. It's a place that exists. <laughs> I've been to Maastricht, which is probably the closest comparison I can make okay. out of my own personal experience. Um, Yeah, it's super touristy except it's also still like lived in which is really weird mm-hmm. like because a lot of times a lot of times you think of like like a super touristy place you're like oh it's disney world no right. one actually fucking lives here you know but no it's like you have this like like this ancient fucking house from the 1200s and then just this old guy comes out of it with fucking <laughs> shopping bags you know it's 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 it, it, it would be really weird to me to live in a place like with that much like his like historical right, like shit uh, Amsterdam or Munster or a city like that. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but also like you, you, we've all I'm sure had experiences where we've traveled either abroad or elsewhere uh, with with other people who are not maybe as enamored with things as as the as enamored of the sights as we are, perhaps. Yeah, normally that's when I'm like, all right, see you fuckers at the hotel yeah. at six, you know, but I suppose in their situation that doesn't quite work. Yeah, because I mean, this, in this film, it's, you, you've got um, Ken, who is all about doing some sightseeing and his and his uh, learning about history and seeing it, going to the church and like touching the religious artifacts and whatnot. And then Ray, who would rather be literally any other place, like he just wants to go drinking and not be there. And 
you know, I, I recently got back from a trip to Las Vegas where that was like basically all we did for a week was I want to go here. No, I don't. I want to go and drink somewhere else. Um, I, yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I had, I had to strong arm, uh, three old people and grown ass, three adults. grown ass adults into going to a museum about nuclear weapons with me because are you kidding me? I would have killed. <laughs> I was, I was actually in Tucson last week and I would have died to go to the Titan missile museum, but I didn't get to because work. Right. Right. No, I work six days a week. Fuck all y'all. Sorry. I know. I'm sorry. You should be. Ah. <laughs> Brad's satisfaction is all I needed to hear. <laughs> it's a good cider, my a good cider mixed with lager, my man. Right. I haven't done that in a while. All right. I'm gonna throw a fucking bowling pin at Brad next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bowling, there's apparently no bowling in Bruges. Yeah, or at least not that we know of. Hey, if you, hey, if you live in Bruges and you know where a bowling alley is, hit us up. Yeah, we want to know if this is factually accurate. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna actually search that right now. Yeah, what? Why are we asking our listeners? Why can't we not just asking Google? Google knows. And I I searched lowercase M uppercase P A in Google. Good job. So, so maps. This is thrilling, thrilling listening. I know. So let's see. The re- the... Okay. The reason we're talking about this is because there's a scene yeah. where Harry calls Ray at the hotel. No, calls Ken at the hotel, and he's basically giving him the order to kill Ray. And he's asking if Ray is there. He's like, "No, Ray's gone out." Like, well, where where's Ray gone out to? And he's like, "I don't know." He thinks he's. I'm gonna. He makes up a lie about Ray trying to find a bowling alley in Bruges. I mean, Ray really is out, but Ray's out on a date. Yes, which probably Harry would be mad about Ray bringing other people into this mess. Exactly. There are three bowling alleys in Bruges proper, including a chain, and two on the outskirts of Bruges. So there you have it. So if he had wanted to, I'm sure he would have found one. Granted, especially yeah, there's there's two out like just outside of Old Town Bruges. So, um, granted, this may not have been the case back in two thousand and eight. Probably wasn't the case when Harry was seven and went there the last time. Yeah, true. That's true. Because so. that, that's why he sent them to Bruges in particular. Because Harry has very fond memories of it from when he was vacationing when he was seven. And so, and he wanted Ray to have a nice memory before he gets shot in the fucking head. Right. But the ultimate joke there is that when they get to Bruges, Ray wants absolutely nothing to do with it. He's he's one of those he's one of those terrible people who doesn't does not particularly care for traveling and doesn't like sightseeing. The bowling itself is great, but the organization and operation may still much be better. Orders for food were incorrectly recorded, and instead of understanding for misunderstanding, you still get your feet too. A smile we have not seen, but I'm just talking about the unfriendly young blonde lately. So the rest was not too bad. That is from um, Fun of Fromage, uh, two-star review of Bull in Bruges. So there you have okay, it. Okay, so we're doing this now, huh? <laughs> You're reading the internet now. We're just reading, we're reading Yelp reviews of bowling alleys in Bruges. Brad, continue, please. Let me tell you what I do for fun sometimes. Sometimes when I'm bored... I go and I find reviews for like McDonald's and Starbucks and Whole Foods and I read all the one-star reviews and just see how incredibly petty people can get. Because it's great, let me tell you. All right, well, you know, we all have to have a hobby. The prison here, the prison in Bruges is surrounded by a moat, did you know that? I did not know that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, so does anybody else have anything interesting they want to talk about in Bruges before I go into my own little rant? There's a bathroom supply store to the east of the prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's named Desco. Where, where, where exactly is Bruges in Belgium? Like, I don't actually know where. I could not. I, will, I could find it on a map because I can read, but like, I wouldn't know where it is in the country. It is in northeast Belgium. It is along the the sea. It is near okay. the coast. It is kind of. It's actually very close to England. It is just northeast of Jun- Dunkirk. To uh-huh. give you yeah. a reference in Calais. There, there you go. It is. Okay. Yep. It is between Dunkirk and the Hague, essentially, and it's a friggin' fairy tale land. 
It's a it's a fairy tale, and it's terrible, and I'm sure it's lovely. I'm sure it's great. Um, too too bad it's in Belgium. Then again, if it were somewhere else, there'd be too many people coming around to see it. Mm. That's a line from the movie, by the way. If you didn't catch Which, that, it it certainly is. It's 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 a fairy tale town. How can that not be somebody's fucking thing? Ah. There's there's a there's a great argument in this film about about whether or not Bruges is somebody's thing, and it's 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 great. There are so many little like one liners and exchanges in this movie that I just love that I really have a hard time coming down on this film negatively. Like I I get why you guys found this like a depressing experience, but then then when you get like Ray Fiennes yelling at you know friggin' Quackers McCorndog about about why. Ray doesn't like Bruges. It's just it's so I won't so well. Performed. I don't. I won't deny that it's well written and there are funny lines. Like I enjoyed it just as much. I I love Fine's performance in it and everything like that. It's just the over the overarching sort of the arc of the movie is is just a little too cynical and a little too world weary for my tastes. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. I think what? you have to be in the right headspace for it, and I think a Sunday afternoon's probably not that. Yeah. I uh I think I said this to you, Joe, in chat, but I was like everybody dies, nobody learns anything, which is accurate to the real world, but there's just so much real world out there already, you know? Yeah, I I can get that. I can get behind that. This is definitely not a film for two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 2008 maybe 2018 definitely not yes it's i wrote here in my notes it's like if hot fuzz were sad pretty much and i and you know this just as well as anyone hot fuzz is one of my favorite films yes ah and you know the only thing this this has or the only thing that hot fuzz has over this is sort of a a sense of fun and a sense of whimsy and this is just a little bit more um cynical Cynical. This is like Hot Fuzz if it had had, you know, four if it pints shot of beer. A, this is minutes. Hot Fuzz if it shot a kid. I shot a kid. Yeah. I don't want to go on continuing to, to compare this to Hot Fuzz because we're only going to be torturing ourselves. Yeah, I, w- I would say yeah. it's if you took like if you took like Three Flares Cornetto and just put a shitload of Tarantino in it, you would end up with Bruges, Yeah. Yeah. And basically. I, I, I hate to like to go back to that comparison, but it, it really is what it, we compare it to is just like. So many people were inspired by Tarantino of just like, oh, I can I can make witty murderers, and it it still hasn't stopped. <laughs> they're murderers, but they're fun. Come on, you like to party? <laughs> it's a crime. Co- it's a crime caper with jokes. Wah. Get it? Everybody that came out after Tarantino to try to do the same thing. Like you got your Doug Limans and you got your Troy Duffy's. Is that his name? Yeah, Troy Duffy, that, that, the Boondock Saints guy. Yeah, and your. Um... While you think of that, it's time for a commercial break. I'm. This is a new segment on Christmas creeps. I'm gonna introduce a new toy, or a uh, a new fun fun little thing that this show is brought by. This week, Troy Duffy should be locked in the attic and fed only a diet of fish heads. <laughs> this week, <laughs> this week Christmas. Guy creeps Ritchie. Brought... That's who I was thinking of. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Okay, Brad. Okay. Go on. This week's. Christmas Creeps is brought to you by Crossfire. You'll get caught up in the crossfire. 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 Get caught up in it. I'm glad that John got the joke. It's because a little kid gets killed in the crossfire. And that's the whole reason this movie exists. I'm that's sorry. I was too joke. busy. I was too pl- busy playing fake bass. That's that's the joke. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I guess I know what I'm putting up on the internet tomorrow. What's that? The the Crossfire, the crossfire commercial. Commercial. A Craigslist ad for new podcast hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted two podcast hosts must not make jokes about murdered children. 
I cannot stress this enough. My favorite part about 90s board game commercials is the way you tell it's a board game is because at the end, one of the kids stands up and raises both their hands and goes, I, I win! win! <laughs> I win! <laughs> it's the zany action, it's the crazy contraption, the phone is catching his mousetrap. Build a trap to catch the other mice, but don't get caught yourself. The phone is catching its mousetrap. I win! I missed the bucket. <laughs> Put your balls in my balls top. In my I mouth. missed the bucket. Out my mouth, they will pop. I missed the bucket. We're all Bucks gonna of- run to Mr. Bucket. Bucket's so fun. I win! I win! <laughs> Was there ever an Imbruge board game? Why did I ask that question? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's the most boring, <laughs> depressing Euro board game ever. It's called Imbruge. You have five... You shot a kid, go back three paces. paces. <laughs> the board, it's a worker the- placement game, and you have to place workers in order to shoot kids, and then... Pine, ex- pine about <laughs> existential crises that you're having in Bruges. You have to populate your own garden of earthly delights <laughs> in order to kill kids. Whoever has the most depression it's, points it's at like the Ark end of, of horror, but all the Shoggoths are just kids. <laughs> oh God! Whoever has the most DP or depression points at the end of the game wins. <laughs> oh. Every character has their own special unique ability, and and uh, just like in GoldenEye 007, it's no fair playing as Jimmy. Yep, yep. And then it's like you put a guy on the got a the most overpowered is the crack wise card. You got to crack wise <laughs> and get your depression points. You win. If you collect five f bombs, you win the game. I win. I win. So this was a movie. I, I want to bring up one thing. Was it now? Yeah, it was a movie. So so there's a scene where Ray jumps out into the canal and Harry comes after him because they can't have a shootout in the hotel. Uh, and he, he lands on a boat and he tells the boat driver to just keep driving no matter what. And he's he's on a boat in the canal and he gets shot. And the boat driver doesn't flip out at all. He just keeps driving like nothing's fucking happened. Fucking told him to keep driving. I guess. No but matter what. That's a calm... That's a calm-ass boat driver. Are you kidding? A man was just shot, and he, like, pulls up to the dock and then drives away like nothing happened. Which, I mean, I guess if you're if you're host to a shootout, that's probably the best thing you can do. Is just pretend yeah. nothing happened, but still. Are you kidding? Like, the guy doesn't even look back after after Ray gets shot. I don't get it. Well, I, no I, stars. I, I mean... I mean, in in that scenario, you want to get out of there as fast as possible. And in his situation, that's the best thing he can do is just keep driving. <laughs> and the best thing he can do is five miles an hour on a canal boat. <laughs> okay, so there's there's two points about this film that I want to talk about before we wrap things up tonight. Yay! The first, the first is that this is definitely a film before before Christmas, before hitmans or killing kids or anything like that. This is a film about shitty tourists. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, not only does Ray piss off, you know, the locals in Bruges, he pisses off a Canadian couple. He pisses off three fat Americans uh, by trying to help them, believe it or not. Honestly, he kind of actually would have saved them a lot of trouble. It is revealed later in the film. He he would have saved one of their lives if, if they had just listened to him and not tried to pick a fight with him. Yes. Um, but this is just a, this is a film about, like, shitty tourists coming into these small towns like Bruges just to kind of clog the place up. And I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like I understand where this film's coming from as far as that is concerned. Uh, let me, cause I, I, cause I mean, I live in a, a small to mid-sized city and I, I can definitely tell when like the four weeks out of the year, when, when, you know, we get in, we get national and international guests Wait. clogging up our streets. Uh, oh, are you talking about market? Uh, among other things. Yeah. Because I live in a, in a, a re... <laughs> I was just going to fucking dick wave at you. I live in a, a tourist city. And let me tell you, it's the worst. I hate it. The trains are crowded. I want them all to go home. I want them to leave my city. I see these chuds walking around with their fucking fanny packs and looking at the map on the metro. Go home. Oh, yeah. Brad's hatred of tourists on the metro is, like, well-documented, and I would love to hear some stories. Get out of my fucking city. Are you kidding me? (laughs) All right. Like, what was... Okay, no, for real. What Like, the most recent, like, big event in your city... Like, well, we don't have to say specifics, but, like, I remember pretty recently you, you threw a huge fit about how many... It was, like, 
I don't know. What? I'm, I'm trying not to say it. You, you can know, say what city I live in. It's a big city. I don't care. I live in D.C., the capital of the United States. Okay. So, all right. But, like, I, wasn't there, like, some kind of, like, you know, political, like, f- big national political field trip coming to your city recently? Oh, the fucking stupid Charlie whatever, whatever, Charlie Kirk. Toilet Paper USA? TPUSA, yeah. I almost put him on, I, like, it, nothing's gonna fucking happen, but I almost put him on blast on Twitter, and I was like, I, I, I thought the garbage smelled stronger this week in D.C., or... <laughs> I I came up with a one. It's it's absolutely uh you know uh Espirit Desk yeah, Escalier like the thing where you come up with a zinger like weeks later. Yeah, wow. I was because next week the uh, <laughs> fucking garbage that it is the uh, the Unite the Right rally is going to be in in D.C. and I was like oh I thought the white supremacist rally wasn't until August. anyways um no it's just in general like i'm sure they're all not 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 these rallies but i'm saying like tourists in general (sighs) i don't know the trains are too crowded i can't get a seat in the corner like i like where i can just fucking post up until my stop but anyways um most most egregious tourist thing uh was i was i was on the red line one week and we were going to we were going past the zoo of course uh and this guy had this his kid on his shoulders and he bashes the kid's head into the lentil of the door of the metro and the kid falls and if there wasn't a person right behind them to catch the kid the kid would have fallen like six feet onto the floor of the train god yep really happens i swear dude tourists man tourists so i i I guess i guess i brought this up just to say that like i kind of get why this is not why ray doesn't want to be a tourist because he knows he doesn't want to be one of those people but like i kind of appreciate ray's kind of dedication to just laying ray doesn't want to be a tourist because he shot a fucking kid and is in a shot yeah that's i i realize i realize that but at the same time like that's probably not in his wheelhouse anyway is to be a tourist and he doesn't like tourists in general but yes you're correct yes so the one little detail that is like almost too gruesome to even talk about but i'm gonna talk about it because this is my show (laughs) yeah and so fuck you guys is so harry goes to his arms dealer in bruges and the guy offers him the kind of bullets that make people's heads explode and he doesn't take one or two he takes the whole box what is this line? I I know I shouldn't, but I will. Yes, yeah, like, I know I shouldn't, but I will. <laughs> um, so he takes the whole box, and after he shoots Ray through the chest like four or five times, hey, it's it's Charles. Charles, come here. You were so good up until now. Come here. After he shoots Ray, it's it's revealed that like oh he Jimmy was standing in front of Ray and he shot Ray and he shot he shot Jimmy in the head. Yeah, and. Jimmy's head explodes because he used those bullets. Yeah, and because Jimmy's, Jimmy's head, head explodes. Like he thinks it's a kid. Yeah, because he's wearing yeah, like a hamburger. he's wearing a jockey suit, I believe, which looks like a schoolboy uniform. And he's wearing a he's wearing a schoolboy costume. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he, it is. He, it is straight up a schoolboy. Like looks okay. like fucking Angus Young. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he he's play he's playing dream sequence Angus Young in in uh, Back in Black, the Angus Young story. Um, but he thinks that bec- because his head's gone, he thinks that's a kid. Yep. I don't know. That's like in a film full of gruesome details. I feel like that's like that's the one that kind of takes it out, takes it too far for me. It's a bit I don't much. Know. And it's then a bit and then much. and then Ralph Fins proceeds to blow his own head up. Yeah. In a film that already killed a kid, it's a bit much. And I'm yeah. only laughing because if I weren't laughing, I would be crying. Yeah. Speaking of a movie that killed a bunch of kids, Harry Potter. What? Oh yeah, he's Voldemort. Well, like half the fucking cast of Harry Potter's in this damn movie. Who else? Uh, Chloe is Flor Delacour. Uh, Ken is Mad Eye Moody. Oh uh, yeah, I thought I had Colin seen that Farrell guy before. Someone as well. Colin, Colin Farrell's in the uh, the Fantastic Beasts series, isn't he? Maybe yeah. Is oh. he? I think he is. But yeah, it's 
that's kind of a running theme in British film is like you watch any British film past you know two thousand and actually ever. Well, um, and half the cast like, is in Harry it's Potter. Like everyone is either in Harry Potter or they got cut from Harry Potter, so they're in Narnia. It's yeah, it's exactly a small world as far as I know with British cinema. Like it's kind of its own little thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. I don't want to call it a tight knit community, but it's like. A tight yeah. community, it, it's, incestuous, maybe is the word you use. I would rather, I would prefer the term cross pollination. I would prefer the term tight knit. I'm gonna go with incestuous. <laughs> okay, three flavors, folks. Take your pick. Leave three flavors, Cornetto, if you will. Yes. So yeah, in Bruges is definitely a, a hell of a thing. Oh, speaking um, of which, the the fat American at the beginning was the fat zombie in uh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah, why is that not surprising? Is it actually a British actor who can do an American accent kind of well? I'm, I'm not sure because because I looked it up because I thought it was I thought it was I think it was Michael McShane, but I was like Michael does like that guy Michael McShane be too old to be that part now? Yeah, um, but I looked it up and it was the guy who's more known for being in Shaun of the Dead as a zombie. Hmm. Neat, neat. <laughs> well, um, yeah, he he's a British actor. He was born in Wales. Okay, okay, it- Mark Donovan. Cool. There you go. His his accent, like while American sounding, wasn't like full on American. The lady that shouted back later did sound American, but he didn't sound like super American. Yeah, you know? they. It's it's really weird because the Canadian guy was played by like a like a Serbian or something. Really, yeah. his was more convincing than the 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 large guy. Um, yeah, like I, th- I definitely thought that was like, oh, this is your token American. And then when they said no, did you hit the Canadian? Like what? Who? Oh, that guy. Um, yeah. Also, also the priest that uh, that Ray kills is uh, Siren Hines, who was also in Harry Potter. Oh, well, there he you plays go. Aberforth Dumbledore. I I read like three Harry Potter books like over ten years ago, and I've seen like one and a half movies but it's not all from the same movies like hey. over over like five movies i've seen one and a half of them basically i gave up on the third book too you're in good company but i've seen all the movies and i've read parts of the book to my wife as she falls yeah. asleep but yeah that series loves killing fucking kids yeah it oh, does, yeah, it does doesn't it speaking of dead kids one thousand so, and one, so, one thousand and one dead kids so if if kill if 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 killing kids is like a a, a bridge too far for you, in in Bruges, in Bruges kills far fewer children than the Harry Potter films. There you have it. <laughs> killing kids is cool. Then I'm Miles Davis. <sighs> there you have it, folks. This is uh, maybe we shouldn't have watched this. Oh, I have one more question for you, Joe. <laughs> okay, a cinema trivia question, if you will. Yeah. So there's a scene of a movie filming in this movie, right? Right. Which is which is common in cinema, especially right. They do that regarding cinema. Has there been a scene of a movie filming of a movie filming in a movie? Wait, three layers down, movieception, if you will. I want to say that there's definitely been like a Truffaut film or a Fellini film where they did that. Okay. Like I'm, I'm almost positive that's happened, but I couldn't off the top of my head tell you the name of it. I, I, I don't doubt that it's happened. I, I wouldn't. I, that's something I wouldn't put past Mel Brooks, but I can't think of like a specific example. Okay, so like this scene in In Bruges, if there was a yes. if. if there was another scene removed from it where they're watching Ray watch them shoot a film. Yeah, or or they're shooting a scene where they're shooting a scene in this movie. I gotcha. Okay. That's tough. Anybody out there listening who knows more about film than me, please answer this question because I would love to know. I would love to know as well. Uh, shoot us an email at xmascreeps at gmail.com. <sighs> Is it time to rate this 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 uh this Dutch this baby? <laughs> this, this this Belgium baby. Time to like, comment, and subscribe. Let's rate this Dutch boy and go home. So on, on our, our crankometer, our patented X and Y axis, where we score these films on their Christmas quotient and their holiday goodness. Their I made quality. that last part up. Their quality, yes. On the X axis, the Christmas quotient. How Christmassy is uh, in Bruges? Not very. To go with what we usually kind of fall back on for movies that aren't that Christmassy, like the question of can this take place at another time? Like, 
And would it lose something if it lost if it took place in another time? I don't think this would lose anything if it took place at any random time of the year. Not at all. Except um, it would be a little but, less depressing if it wasn't during winter. But but like yeah, like all of the religious imagery and all that stuff, you don't need to have a set Christmas for that. I mean, they don't even go in that hard on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, and you could easily set it at Easter and get the same effect with having all the Jesusy shit going on. Um, and no, and there's no Christmas music. There's a very tiny bit of Christmas music. Yeah, there's like 10 seconds of Christmas music. Like, almost to the point of, like, why bother including it at all? Yeah. So, um, I would say it, it doesn't it doesn't use Christmas. And it could get away with not 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 having Christmas in it. Which, compare, in comparison, like, I think Die Hard would really lose a lot if Die Hard didn't take place at Christmas. True. Because they, Do- they use the trapping so much more effectively. Yes. Do you think that this film would lose some of its sort of like redemptive propulsion if no. we remove Christmas from it because like the whole idea of like redeeming Ray's character at Christmas time while it's not entirely, you know, f- at the forefront like it's it's there if you want to see it. I I think that's giving it too much interpretation. Like yeah. the movie does the movie doesn't the movie stops so far short of that that you can't even say that well, this, these are obviously the steps the movie was going to take. Like, even if you were doing that, it would be more appropriate as an Easter movie. I suppose. I don't know. That's just that's just my take on it. I, I see. I I I, f- I don't want to get too far into this that discussion because it's it, you know it can we could go far afield and step into something we don't we don't want to talk about, but like. I feel like putting this in like an Easter sort of mode would be going a little too far. It's a little too on the nose, you're saying? A little too on the nose, and I and with with the 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 imagery and the violence already in this film, like adding like the crucifixion to this mix is would be. Yeah, that that would be the bridge too far, I think, for this film. So I think they they maybe split the difference and wanted to keep some kind of christian undertone to it so they they chose christmas which i think is fine yeah so i'm gonna fight for at least one point in christmas quotient yeah, it, yes not, not using christmas i wouldn't i wouldn't go be, much further not using christmas it doesn't have a chance to misuse christmas i suppose you're right i would almost put it as a true carbon neutral i would i would argue for a zero honestly um no you don't you don't go for that I don't know. Like I, I want to give it at least one, but it's it. I mean, I realize I'm fighting uphill for it. So Johnny Five. No, I'm still. All I'm thinking about is I'm really sad that Operation Market Garden did not involve Belgium at all because Joe set a bridge too far. Oh. <laughs> but if you had to decide, where would you rate this on the Christmas quotient? So John, you're you're the you're the tiebreaker here. John, Brad says zero. I say one. What do you say? Zero. Okay. So it's a zero. I, I would, I would, yeah, I would rate this one as neutral because I, I don't see anywhere to really give it a Christmas thing because, again, the like the the religious and redemptive messages that it kind of sometimes remembers to hint at don't need Christmas. Yeah, fair enough. Plus, it's like it could have at least leaned into it a little bit harder. I don't know, man. Like, there's like two Christmas trees in this entire thing. It's more Christmassy than Jurassic World, okay? Absolutely it is. Wait, we, did we say Jurassic World was a zero? I think we did. I thought we I think we, it No, negative. I think we gave it a... I think we went negative with Jurassic World. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, negative five. Oh, baby. I, I really feel like this is... um, This is very much my my earlier theory where one out of every 12 films should take place around Christmas time. This is very much like, oh, this happens to take place at Christmas, but it's it's not really that related. You know? Right. And then the other yeah. the other eleven films are all Marvel movies, so you just, you know <laughs> <laughs> Law of Averages, a, you know. And then Iron Man three just throws off our fucking metric. Here's a question. <laughs> Has a Marvel film taken place during Christmas yet? Iron Man three. Wait, really? Yes. Oh. It's a Shane Black film. It has to take place at Christmas. Uh... He's legally not allowed to not set a film at Christmas. <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> okay, then uh, y-axis, uh, the quality scale. How how good is how good do you think In Bruges actually is? It's depressing, but it's well made. I'll give it a a one or a two. I don't know. I'd be willing to be in that range too. Yeah, like it's it's not a bad movie, but it's just kind of like 
it, it's not bad. It just makes you feel bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not something I would choose to watch or watch again necessarily. <laughs> okay, I mean, but I, it wasn't I think... bad. I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't not like it. I mean, you know? it, it has it has it go, has this going for it. It's not actively bad. It's just it's very cynical. It's, it's very cynical and it's very stubborn. I'll, I'll say that if a film could be stubborn, this is a stubborn film because it knows very much what it's it wants to do. Uh, regardless of whether or not it should or, or and insists or on it, just you were too busy thinking about whether or not you should, or whether or not you could, when you didn't think about whether or not you should <laughs> film this movie. Oh uh, yeah, I mean this th- this is the Jurassic Park of films. <laughs> uh, I would fight. It feels for like a... it's been resurrected from amber from a time long forgotten. Um, nineteen ninety four. Yes, already. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would fight for a three, but once again, I know... Mm, I'll meet you at a two. The cinema... The, like, the, the shots are pretty. The city's pretty. The jokes are funny. It's just the overarching theme and and worldview of the movie is not I, great, in my I will. Opinion. I will agree that I think it, it tries to do a little too much and doesn't quite know how to get there. Yeah. Um... And so as as far as that goes, like, I wouldn't give it more than a three, but I'm going to I at least enjoy the comedy of it. And I at least appreciate that it tries to be a little more artistic. Hey, um, yeah. Basically, all I'm saying is I want a comedy where two people talk about Hieronymus Bosch for an hour and a half, which is like, well, that's, you got it. But <laughs> this film has an audience of one and that person is me. Hey, 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 hi. So here's a question for you. What's more annoying when you see a movie and there's a kid in it and you're like, well, obviously the kid survives because this movie's not going to fucking kill a kid. Or when the movie <laughs> or, actually does kill a kid. Or the movie surprises you by showing you there is a kid and also he's already dead. Well, not just that, but like, because it, it seems like, because it seems, because some movies fall into that fucking like, you know, save the cat thing of like, oh, we're not going to kill a kid. Like, what the fuck are we monsters? And that's where you're basically your Jurassic Park. But then, Jurassic Park. But then you either have <laughs> movies like, um, like this one, or like that one fucking Shyamalan movie with uh, Marky Mark in it. The Happening. Happening, where they do straight up fucking kill kids, and but it just comes off as like a look how edgy we are. We killed a fucking kid. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll I'll say this: A Quiet Place kills a kid, and it's a good film. Yeah. Yeah. That kid had it coming. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like basically like schlock ass like action horror type movies, not like things where it's like oh a kid died of cancer and it's some fucking drama or something, but like where it's just like a, oh we're not going to hold punches. Kids can be like disaster movie victims too, basically. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. A Quiet Place did it, and that kid had it coming. He should know better. He's fucking four. You, you, he Come should on, Brett. still know He's better. Four. Set, fucking setting off of a space shuttle toy. When when you know you're supposed to be quiet, come on. Macaulay Culkin uh, thrown off a cliff in the goods and was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man. Uh, hi, bunny ears, folk. If you're out there listening, <laughs> um, you know what? Fine, I'll give you all a two. I I, I don't have I don't have a as a strong argument to fight for a three here, and we need to move along. So expediency dictates that I say it's a two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh on your crankometer chart it out this in bruges scores a zero positive two i think that's fair mm. I, I i'll say this for it I, when this film came out in 2008 i rented it and i watched it and i thought okay that's nice and i had not watched it again until today so um 10 years almost to the day actually so happy 10th anniversary in bruges um this is not one that is easily easy to uh return to i guess is what i'm saying oh yeah yeah because uh yeah the 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 negativity kind of sticks with you and uh i don't know i i feel like uh this isn't a film that needs to be reappraised revisited (laughs) But I I enjoyed it for what it was anyway. Um, and now I'm just kind of talking out my ass. So I'm going to stop 
and uh, give the reins over to one of you two for a minute. Uh, well, if you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you shared with uh, your friends and your family and your loved ones. Uh, we're always looking to branch out. Uh, so if you want to let us know what you would like us to watch, uh, you can send us a line at Xmascreeps at gmail.com. Is that right? Xmascreeps at gmail.com. Yes. And we're also on Twitter. You can search just, just search Christmas Creeps. It'll come up. Yeah. Um, we're also on YouTube. If if you're listening to us on YouTube or you need to listen to us on YouTube, we're there for you. And we're available wherever uh, any any fine podcasts are available, which I'm sure you figured out since you're listening to this. Um, yeah, we're, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on uh, iTunes. iTunes. We're on the Internet. Just go find us. And we sure would appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes or if Stitcher and Google Play enable reviews. Uh, even if it's even if it's a middling review, uh, we'll take it because uh, we would like to know how we can improve. So, if you leave an either review, I'll throw a fucking bowling pin at you. It, I'll, I'll throw a brick through your dad's windshield. Um, no, uh, yeah, send us a line. Uh, send us a review we would really appreciate it and if you're listening on youtube don't forget to like comment and subscribe uh i think that's about all we have left for today's episode also if you're listening on youtube what are you doing this like out of all of the methods that's the most inconvenient yeah i know bud maybe you're working in an office and you don't have good uh you don't have an iphone i don't know yeah i i don't judge this is a judgment free zone anyways uh, we really do appreciate you all listening, and we will we will catch you again soon for episode sixty nine of Christmas Creeps. Hell and yeah, sixty nine! I wasn't gonna go there. I was gonna save it for the actual episode, but thank you for doing that, Joe. I thought you were out of commission. Um, and I hope you all have a wonderful evening or day or whenever it is you're listening to this. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> Killing kids is cool that I'm Miles Davis.